0: Welcome, everyone, to Couch Potato Diary, back from Montreal. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Coming up on the show, the Blue Jays frustrations continue now postseason style Uh, plus we have some NFL thoughts to get to and of course CFL power rankings on the show today Uh, as always thank you for watching thank you for listening if you're watching uh, you should know I do these as podcasts as well if you're listening on podcast form you should know I do these as a video as well Uh, if you're watching on the video hit subscribe like the video Um, if you're listening in podcast form rate review subscribe wherever you can Um, as always you can find me on social media Twitter Instagram and TikTok. I'm at primetime client twitch.tv slash primetime PK, and you can email this show, couchpotato diary at yahoo.com. You can also find the show on Facebook. So, like I said, we got a lot to get to. Let's get to it and start with the Toronto Blue Jays. So, that didn't go well. Uh, the Blue Jays drop game one of their American League wildcard series to the Minnesota Twins, 3 1, the final score. Um, Frustration, a, a lot of frustration in in how this game went. And let's we'll, we'll start with what I think was kind of the biggest play of the game, and go from there. the The Bobuchet play, where there is a chopper over to third base. Uh, Polanco charges, misses it. The ball kind of scoots past him. Bobuchet tries to score, can't because Carlos Correa is there making the play and getting the out. Um, and look, I, I was incredibly frustrated and kind of put all of um, last season's postseason loss on Bo Bichette for trying to go out there and make a hero play when George Springer has just got it out in in center field. Um, so it, it would be easy to just like heap all of the blame on Bo Bichette. And the Blue Jays this year were very good at getting thrown out um, on the base paths when the situation did not dictate that they needed to. I had no problem with what Bo did. I really didn't have much of an issue with what Bo did. I, I can see where he was thinking. A, make them make a perfect play. And if you think about the, the entire situation, the, the ball gets away from Polanco, Bo is already making his way around, he doesn't really break stride, and he comes home. Carlos Correa, who was just coming off of the IR, um, sorry, the IL, like an hour ago, comes up, Um, and has to run over and make a perfect play. So from Bo's standpoint, you have a dude who has been banged up, has to run over across half the diamond to make a play, make a perfect throw and get him. Now he did and that's what it was. And also it's a nice play by the catcher to, to get down, catch that ball without there being any kind of short hop or anything and making the tag. All parties involved had to make a perfect play and Bo put that pressure on them He gambled, and it didn't necessarily pay off. Um, I think you have to look at the third base coach in that situation, and we don't know what was said. Um, but the third base coach does nothing there. He kind of freezes. Like, doesn't put his hands up, doesn't wave him around. Um, now, I I am sure there is probably go, 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 or no, 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 being said in, in that spot. But you look at, like, just everything around that situation, um does kind of lead me to believe that Bo probably made the right call, it's just the Twins made a very good play to to break that up and end up ending the inning. But also when you look at it from how the Blue Jays were playing in that game, Bo getting on base was the first hit of the ball game. Um, Kirk was down 0-2 and the inning was about to be over and he gets hit in the arm and that allows the inning to continue. Kiermaier, that ball was not a rocket. It was a ch- it was a difficult play for a reason, and it wasn't because it was hit hard. It was a chopper there. The Blue Jays were not doing anything offensively. They needed something desperately, and Bo was trying to provide that for them. Would I w- do I wish he would have not in hindsight, obviously, because they lose the ballgame, and they don't get a run in that spot. But he was trying to get something going because this offense was once again completely flat and look like they they had some hard hit balls we'll get to that in a second but overall th- th- there were very few even competitive at bats from the Blue Jays in this game it was just like one two three down they go one two three down they go oh look at that a blue base hit one two three down they go hey look at that a double one, down they go th- th- there was just there wasn't a whole lot of life in this Blue Jays offense Bo was trying to provide that and so in this case, I don't necessarily blame him for looking to to go at that. But that that play does not lose the Blue Jays the game. A, they lose by two. That's one run. Um But they're again, they only scored one in this whole game. That like that one play doesn't cost the Blue Jays the, this game. Um it, it's once again their ability or inability to put any kind of hits together. And to be fair, there were some hard hit balls. And if you want to kind of Look at this from a, okay, that this is where this team can benefit in game two. Vladdy and Chapman hit balls to the wall. Chapman hit one to the wall that would have tied the ball game if it's able to to get down there. Vladdy would have been able to to get a spark going. Springer's hard hit ball down the the first base side that the the diving play is made by Solano to end the ball game. That's a hard hit ball. The Blue Jays were hitting a few balls on the screws. It just happened to be right at dudes. Now, there still wasn't enough to think that, oh, well, now the outcome of this game would have been different if X, Y, and Z hadn't have happened. Um, it's not like they were just hitting the fuck out of the ball all over the place. And it, it just it felt like the twins had 85 defenders in the field. But there was at least enough where you think that the Blue Jays might be able to do something here in game two, albeit against the better pitcher during the regular year, in Sunny Gray. But this Blue Jays offense has not been good, um ha- has not been good enough all season long. And I'm going to continue to harp on the trade deadline that they had an opportunity to do something about it, and they didn't, and that's incredibly frustrating too me another part of the offense that i really didn't love um brandon belt had a dreadful game one and th- those things are going to happen you don't want to overreact to one game i'm not saying pull him but he can't be the number two hitter um I- in this lineup right now boba is so clearly this best team's hitter and in 2023 you put your best hitter second um why well the exact situation why Almost came up in the ninth inning. With the runner on first, Springer rips that ball the other way. Um, it Let's just say for a moment, Solano doesn't make a phenomenal diving catch, and the game continues. Brandon Belt is coming up in that spot. There was nothing in that game that led me to believe that Belt was going to have, what we would call again, a competitive at bat to keep that game going. I would have much rather Bo Bichette come up, and it's that that is why you put your best hitters in the two and the three spot, and four and then on down the line, um, you put them in those spots so that they're you just get a couple more at-bats with them. It's supposed to play out throughout a season. You, you don't often get just smacked in the face with the sample size in game one of a playoff series, but this Blue Jays team needs a bit of a spark. Um... And I, I think Bo moving back into the two slot to get your best hitter more at-bats when the rest of the team is struggling. Um, and you can have even the the, the more old-school looks. Like, Bo is not getting a lot of great pitches to hit right now. Um, and he's very clearly expanding his zone at times where he shouldn't be and getting a, a little bit frustrated. I don't know how much better the pitches would be if he had Vlad Guerrero Jr. behind him instead of Kevin Biggio. But... You can at least make the compelling argument that that may be the case, but I I think for Game 2, and I'm sure while I'm recording this the lineups have been released, but for Game 2, I would love to see Bo in that spot so you get your better hitter, better opportunities, and more opportunities coming up. Uh, I also didn't love Gosman getting pulled in that spot. I understand that the metrics in the third time through the order, but it felt like he was figuring the Twins out, not the other way around. Um, And... You don't think, oh, well, he just struck out 7, 8, and 9. Let's see what he's got against 1, 2, and 3. But um, even 1, 2, and 3, aside from Lewis hitting another home run, um, the-, the Blue Jays, I, I thought Gosman did okay getting through some of that. But like I said, it seemed like he was starting to figure out how the Twins were approaching him. So I would have liked to at least see him get that opportunity. Like, the, the Blue Jays were saving him for Game 1. They weren't just saving him so that he could throw 70 pitches through four innings. Now, you would wish that those 70 pitches were stretched out through six, but you don't have guys like Gosman if you're going to use them like they're Kikuchi. You, you have guys like Gosman to go out there still, I believe, and like get through that... At least get through the fifth and, and work your way from there, but now you have four or five relievers that have already pitched in game one and we'll see what happens now in, in game two. But I, I just, I feel like when you have an ace, you don't treat them like everyone else. You you kind of let them get through. And if the first guy got on, then Swanson comes in or or whatever. If there's any trouble, that, then you go to Swanson. But I feel like Gosman should have had another opportunity to, to work his way through that lineup the, the series is not done i think the jays can absolutely come out here in game two and extend this to a third game and even still win this series and go on and win the world series and we'll all look back and laugh at how frustrated we were that they still have a team that is talented enough to do that they just haven't shown it and that's what's incredibly frustrating but also just a reminder um that oh well this team is the the easier matchup if today goes the same way as yesterday we'll have now beat the blue jays twice in a row and that's incredibly frustrating. Alright, time to get into some football talk. The NFL with another busy week. Now, admittedly, uh, like I said, I I was uh, traveling this week, I was in Montreal, so this is more, this is absolutely box score scouting and just like random clips on on Twitter and things like that, but Um, just a a few observations. Uh, look at the Houston Texans go. Um, this is a team that I, I had penciled in as one of the bad teams this season, and they're not, um, like, they're not a great team. Well, let's not, like, start throwing money on Super Bowl props here or anything like that. But if you wanted to give a thought at putting something down on them for a division win, maybe. Um, Stroud certainly looks like he has fit in. Um, and while I, I didn't love the skill position players coming into the season, a couple of guys have, have very much stepped up. And defensively, it's against Kenny Pickett, but they are better than I thought. So everything about the Houston Texans is just kind of better than I was expecting. While the Pittsburgh Steelers Our reason number 9,486 as to why we shouldn't buy into preseason hype. Oh, look, Kenny Pickett. On fire to start the year. Uh, He, preseason, he is great. All these teams resting their starters. It's like Coach Tomlin says, I've never seen a fighter go into a fight without uh, sparring. Well, now we're in the real fight and Kenny Pickett is getting his head knocked off. Um, he's not good. He, he is not the answer at quarterback for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is so abundantly clear that he is not the guy. Um, and it's too bad because this is another one of those teams where a lot of the foundation is built, dude's just not it. And I, I wonder if the Steelers have a thought of going with Mitch Trubisky at some point. Huge win for um, the, the Couch Potato Diary <laughs> uh, official stamp on the... Um, uh tampa bay bucks almost went milwaukee bucks uh they had a big weekend or a big week last weekend but for uh for tampa bay i mean our win total we just need to hit seven for for this team to get there and they're already at three so we're we're in a pretty good spot right now here with the the tampa bay buccaneers that defense shows up in a big time way against new orleans and that offense against a good defense with the saints is able to put up numbers baker mayfield he, he is he's not ever, I think, going to be what his hardest uh, supporters thought he would be by the time um, his his college career was done, but dude is going to put up, uh, I think, enough and do enough to get Tampa Bay into a big spot. Um, the, the Buffalo Bills, a dominant performance from all accounts, And a nice reminder that this defense is for real. That was an excellent game plan against this defense. um, Sorry, against this Miami offense. And offensively, they put up some stats too. Um, So just a, a nice reminder that just because the playoffs have been rough and that was a tough week one against the Jets does not mean that this team isn't still a very good football team. On the Miami side, let's not overreact. Miami is still quite good at the sport. Of football, uh, I think it's time to overreact in Cincinnati. It is bad there, twenty-seven to three. It's a big win for the Titans, and just nice to show that they can do it. But for the Bengals, holy cow, this just—it feels just like not their year this year out in um, Cincinnati, um, Cleveland. The the defense gets lit up. That's a big win for for Baltimore. It feels really good for them. Um, on the uh, the Cleveland side. It, it, it would have been better to see Deshaun Watson in this game to, to get these two teams at, at full capacity to, to see how on-track Cleveland is, but this was a bit of a step back for the, the Cleveland Browns, for sure. Um, very clear in New England that Mac Jones isn't it. Um, like Just a, a putrid, putrid showing there against the, the Dallas Cowboys, and it's just everything in New England feels not close right now, and big, big problems, I think, lie ahead for them. Kansas City offense still needs to get on track, but it's good win move on with it um and the new york giants very clearly know that daniel jones is not it so those are just a few rapid fire nfl thoughts here on a wednesday uh let's let's get into our cfl power rankings to close the show today all right um with just a few weeks left in the canadian football league it is time for CFL Power Rankings. At number nine, it's the Calgary Stampeders, uh, a team that has underwhelmed greatly this season and has had multiple opportunities to get back into playoff contention and have uh, now 26 points in the last two games on nights where they desperately needed anything. Um, They've just proven time and time again that they are behind, I think, everyone right now in the Canadian Football League. At eight, it's Edmonton. Um, the, The Elks, it's been fun, but maybe starting to come back down to, to Earth just a touch, although we'll see how, how things go. Um Ottawa at seven, they come up with a, a couple of big wins now and then to, to kind of elevate them above the, the province of Alberta at this point. Saskatchewan at six, they continue to really stumble. They've had a chance to to put Calgary in the rearview mirror and have completely completely fallen off. It's a big week for them this week, leading up to a monster game next week. At five, it's the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Um, and at 4 Montreal, both teams starting to, to round into form, going to make a for a really, really interesting um, East Division semifinal, anyway. And then you have the, the top three. Um, it is Winnipeg at 3, BC at 2, and Toronto at number 1. That, those, sorry, are your CFL Power Rankings for this week and that is the show like i said coming back from vacation but just a rapid fire to get a few of these things uh out there today as always like the video subscribe to the channel follow me on social media twitter instagram and tiktok i am at primetime Client, twitch.tv slash primetime pk and you can email the show Couchpotato diary at yahoo.com going to be back with shows the rest of the week i will talk to you then have a good day everyone.